Hello, and welcome to Dr. Music, Season 3, Episode 6. I'm Matthew Marullo. Thank you so much for joining me today. Anybody out there a Star Trek fan? I know I am. I love the original series, and I'm also a huge Star Wars fan. The reason why I'm saying this is because today I would like to talk about the original theme music to the original Star Trek from the late 60s with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, composed by Alexander Courage. Now, before I start, I just wanted to say parenthetically that I have watched a lot of the other later Star Wars series, for instance, Star Trek Generation with Patrick Stewart, which is in its own right a great series, and they made four movies out of it, so it's very popular, and also other series like Star Trek Voyager. And although I like them, my heart lies definitely with the original series, and not just because it was the original series, but I find this also with Star Wars, the original movie, especially the first couple of movies. Back then, especially in the late 60s, they really could not rely on great special effects. They didn't have CGI computer-generated imagery. So they had to rely more on a really good script. And the same thing can be said of the original Star Wars back in 1977. Industrial Lights and Magic was a very, very new company back then, so they were really experimenting with the special effects. George Lucas himself had a little bit of a problem with the script, so he had to hire other script writers to add more humor. And that's what I love about the original Star Trek and the original Star Wars. They, they weren't able really to rely on state-of-the-art special effects, even though Star Wars set the standard for later special effects extravaganzas that we're all familiar with today. But when special effects just can't be the focal point of a particular work of art, you have to make sure the script is really inventive, really good, really creative. And also, you have to make sure that your characters can be identified with. There's humanity, there's humor. That's why Star Trek and Star Wars work so well today and they haven't aged. Because whenever you have a fairy tale, it's important that it doesn't take itself too seriously. There has to be charm, there has to be humor. Otherwise, it's very hard to identify with the characters because after all, this is a fairy tale. Star Trek and Star Wars are outer space fairy tales, or some people call them space operas. But if you're going to tell a story like that, like a fairy tale, like a comic book, you can't take it too seriously. There has to be a balance of fantasy and humanity. That's why a movie such as Raiders of the Lost Ark works very well. A hero archaeologist named Indiana Jones is looking for the Lost Ark, and there are supernatural powers at play. I mean, come on. You have to have some humor in a story like that. And I really believe that's why Star Trek and Star Wars will never die. Not so much because of the storyline, definitely not because of the special effects, but because of the characters. Even though you're watching a fairy tale, you could still identify with the characters. They're somehow very real. And unfortunately, with some of the science fiction and adventure films that are made today, what happens is the special effects take front seat. Everything's focusing on dazzling you with the special effects. And you lose a sense of the story. The script is not as strong, and the characters are just two-dimensional. When you think back to these early Star Trek shows, what do people usually talk about? What, what do they remember? They're in love with Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk and Dr. McCoy and Lieutenant Uhura and Chekhov and Sulu. And for the very same reasons, I believe it's very difficult, not impossible, but very difficult for a script to be written today 
like Casablanca or All About Eve or The Godfather. I think there's something to be said on being forced to rely on nothing but a great script and great actors. Okay, I think we established that I'm a huge Star Trek and Star Wars fan. Let's get back to the music. Let's listen to Alexander Courage's main theme to the original Star Trek. First, let's talk about the language. In general, what kind of music inspires what you just heard? I'll give you a few seconds to think about that in general. If you said jazz, you are right. But rhythmically, it's a dance. Do you feel like you could almost get up and dance to that music? Have you ever heard of the rumba? That's a Cuban dance. It's very much like a Cuban dance, the rumba. The rhythm of a rumba is kind of like I'm sorry, that's the best Roomba that I can do. But in general, that's basically what he's after there, a kind of Roomba. And if you look at the accompaniment, it's which is very much like a Roomba. Alexander Courage was a French hornist, and the opening fanfare is played by the French horn. And you recall it goes like this. Now let's take the first three notes of that. And now I'm going to do the first and the third note only. And those are the first two notes of his main theme. Sometimes musicians say that one theme can be pregnant with another theme. And this is a good example. The fanfare is pregnant with his main theme. See, music has babies. Now, Alexander Courage said when he wrote this theme, he was inspired in part by a song dating back to the 1930s. It's called Beyond the Blue Horizon. So let's listen to an actual recording dating all the way back to 1930 of a singer named Jeanette MacDonald singing this song. And we're going to discuss what it is about this song that might have inspired the Star Trek theme. Thank you. 
I think we can agree that Beyond the Blue Horizon does not sound like the Star Trek theme. The melodies are completely different. But what do they share in common? What Alexander Courage liked about that song were the long held out notes in the vocal part. And that's the kind of effect that he wanted. So it wasn't so much the contour of the melody, but features of the melody, the way that the voice was holding out these long notes. And that's exactly what happens in the Star Trek theme. The other thing is that song features intervallic leaps. Now remember, an interval is simply musical space. So if a melody is moving only by step, then it's like a scale. Otherwise, it's leaping. So that, again, was the first two notes of the main theme. And that leap that you just heard is called a seventh. It's actually called a minor seventh. Now remember the French horn fanfare at the very beginning? I'm going to play that again for you. Now I'm going to play the first three notes of the main theme. And remember, the first two notes are the first and the third note of the fanfare. So here's the first three notes of the main theme. Again, we see how the fanfare of the French horn is very, very related to the main theme itself. Now let's get into the harmony a little bit, because the way Alexander Courage writes this theme he has to make it somehow sound like outer space. I mean, this is a fairy tale in outer space. So there has to be something far away and exotic about that. So he's using a jazz idiom, and he's going to use very exotic jazz chords to paint a picture of outer space. Let's listen to the beginning. So in the melody, first we had that leap, remember that leap going up, and then a scale going down. This entire theme is really the same thing over and over. It's just leaps followed by scales either going down or up. Nothing very fancy about that. Now, if you've listened to any of my prior episodes, or maybe you just know something about music theory, you know the two pillars of tonal music are the tonic, or the one chord, and the dominant, or the five chord, the tonic is the home key associated with stability, and the dominant is associated with tension. Now, in the jazz idiom, the tonic chord, or the one chord, is never simply just a triad. There are always added notes to give the chord some flavor, very much like pandiatonicism, which I was talking about in a prior episode. That one chord that I just played had two added factors, making it sound jazzier. Now let's listen to that first phrase again so you could hear the second chord. What a beautiful chord. That second chord adds so much mystery and exoticism, giving it an outer space feel. Perfect for Star Trek. Now, what exactly is that chord? Well, in music theory, that's called a borrowed chord. Let me explain. Let's say you're in the key of C major, and I was actually playing the Star Trek theme in the key of C major. If you go to a chord whose root is A flat, so an A flat chord, that doesn't happen in C major, but it does happen in C minor. So what mus musicians do is they borrow chords from the parallel minor. They're in the major mode, but they borrow chord from the minor mode. Now, for all you music theorists out there, I don't want to get too technical, but that borrowed chord that I just played can be used in different guises as a predominant chord. 
and in jazz it can be called a tritone substitute, but don't worry about that. The point is that Alexander Courage is using a very exotic jazz chord that does not occur naturally in the home key, and he's also adding notes to it, making it sound very jazzy. So he's not just using a simple triad of three notes, but he's adding other factors to it. What does he do after that? Well, he does another leap, a larger leap, and then another scale going down. And I'm sure you heard I landed on a different jazz chord, again, borrowed from the minor mode, but in this case, this particular chord happens to be the dominant of the first borrowed chord. So if you want to take us to a galaxy far, far away in terms of harmony, this is exactly the way to do it. Now, remember I just said that that second jazz chord was the dominant of the first chord? Is he going to go to the key of that first chord, that borrowed chord? Nope. He does something completely different. So that time you heard a scale going up instead of down, kind of indicating the home key, but then he ends up on yet another borrowed chord. And this one has roots in something called the Neapolitan. Again, don't worry about that. And in jazz theory, it's again another tritone sub. But the point is, he's dragging us again farther afield. Every time you think you're home, in fact, you're going to where no one has gone before. Thank you, Mr. Shatner. What does he do next? Another scale going up. And guess what? That last chord that I just played is the dominant of our home key with some added notes. Remember, all these chords are jazz chords, but it's still the dominant of the home key. So now he could go back and recapitulate the main melody. Now listen to how he does the final cadence, in other words, the final ending at the end of the melody. Now what you just heard was basically a standard cadence, no exotic chords borrowed from the minor mode, just a standard cadence with some added notes. But what he's telling you is... After that long five-year mission, we have returned safely to Earth. Now, instead of me plunking it on the piano in pieces, let's listen to the entire thing so we could get a better appreciation. And as you're listening to it, kind of appreciate the vocal quality of the melody. Because remember, Alexander Courage was inspired by an actual song. And some of the versions that you hear from the original broadcast of Star Trek use a soprano singing the main melody. So that makes perfect sense. So once again, the Star Trek main theme. And after we hear that, I have a little surprise for you. See if you could guess what it is when I play it.
Okay, remember I said I had a little surprise? Here it is. See if you can guess what this is. If you're a Star Trek fan, you're going to recognize it immediately. was that? That was another Star Trek theme. That is by one of my favorite movie composers, Jerry Goldsmith. That's the theme from the original Star Trek movie, which actually was called Star Trek The Motion Picture. And then that theme was used again when they did Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, that's a great theme. Not as innovative as Alexander Courage's theme, harmonically. There's really a wealth of Star Trek music out there by, for instance, James Horner and Michael Giacchino with the new Star Trek films. There's a lot out there. But for now, Scotty, I think you could take us out of warp drive. But join us next time, because one thing about Dr. Music, it just gets better and better.